Hi, welcome again to episode when the scriptures become real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to be the best Christians we can be. Again, I like to apologize. Sorry it's been so long that we've uh, taken to record another podcast. Things have been so busy uh, here. Um, but, you know, I want to get back to recording these as well because I enjoy doing this. And uh, we've actually increased our listeners now on Spotify. So if you're listening through Spotify, thank you. Uh, continue to share through uh, that outlet. Uh, also continue to share through uh, YouTube and iTunes as well. So uh, all glory to God uh, that we continue to, to work together, uh, continue to grow our faith together. Uh, today's episode, what we want to talk about is, do you have hope? Do you have hope? You know, this is the season of, of believing as it as it is uh, mostly known. It's also the season of hope, uh, season of believing in something, season of uh, of giving. Um, but when we think about hope, do you have that type of hope? Not not the feeling type of hope that the Christmas season describes. Not the feeling type of belief um, that the Christmas season uh, describes as just one time a year. But do you have hope throughout the rest of the year? Do you have hope on those uh, on those lonely days? You know, do you have hope during those hard days? Do you have hope during those really during those impossible days you know does your hope give up or do you only have it during this season or do you only have hope when when things are going well or do you only have hope when you can see that things are going in your favor that's what we want to talk about today do you have hope and i think one of the perfect old testament examples for us to follow and for our lives to pattern is the life of abram or abraham uh, we're specifically going to look at uh, a specific time in his life where he hoped for something, but he, he didn't get it. And he hoped and he hoped and he hoped that nothing happened. And as you know, that's when he had his 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 first son or really the promised son, Isaac, not his first son, but his his promised son, Isaac. And, and we want to kind of discuss his struggles and, and the things that he dealt with. But also we want to discuss the promise of God and, and really the the meaning of what that promise is. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter 12. We have to start at the beginning. Genesis chapter 12. Now here we're first introduced to Abram. Well, we're really introduced to him in chapter 11. But in chapter 12, we're really introduced at his call and we're introduced to the promise. So if we start at chapter 12, and again, if you're new to this podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, or on YouTube, Again, we like to use the Bible to answer our questions. We like to use the Bible to uh, to discuss things. We like to use the Bible uh, as our own commentary because there's nothing like the Bible. Yes, men have wisdom. Books have wisdom. Brethren have wisdom. But no one's smarter than what the book says. And so we're always going to stick with what the Bible says. All right. So Genesis chapter 12. Let's start in verse number one. Here's what the Bible says. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Notice this, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, here we have the promise. God promises Abram a son. Not only will he promise him a son, but he promises that he will be a father of many nations and the earth will be blessed because of him. 
and notice at this time he was 75 years old you know when we think about abram we think well he was just old when the promise was made or we really don't dig deep into the chronological story of what happened here or rather the chronological account because it was real right so in chapter 12 when god promised him this he was 75 years old imagine today if you're a 75 year old man you're pretty much you're done you're not going to have any children but we're going to look into the mind of abram later but we have to keep these facts in chronological order so we can understand later okay now we get the promise now we get the call now we understand that he's 75 years old now let's skip ahead a little bit let's jump to chapter uh to chapter number 16 now here in chapter 16 Actually, before we get there, I'm going too fast. Before we get there, we got to go to chapter 15. Now, here in chapter 15, God again makes a promise to Abram. Now, if you go to chapter 15 and you jump down to verse uh, number four, God makes and reiterates his promise again. Notice this. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, talking about Abram, saying now, or this shall not be thine heir, talking about the child from the house of Eleazar, but your heir will come forth from your own bowels and he'll be your own heir. Verse five. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou shalt be able to number them. And he said, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted unto him for righteousness. Now, something special happens in these next few verses. Jump down to verse 9. And he said unto him, Take a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took all these and divided them in the midst, and laid peace one on another. But the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down in the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And then notice, And when the sun came down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and a great horror of darkness fell upon him. And then God here promises him other things. Now, let's jump down to verse number 17. And it came to pass that when the sun went down after the vision that Abram saw, it was dark and a smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between those pieces. Now, let's understand this about the pieces. Back then, when you made a covenant, when you made a promise. So let's make this example. Let's say you and I made a promise. And let's say I made a covenant to you, a promise that I will always be kind to your family. Let's say that was my promise to you. Okay. And this is how we would cement that promise. We take a heifer, we take a sheep, we take whatever animal and we split it in pieces and we line it up. And then because I made that promise to you, I would walk through those pieces. And when I walk through those pieces, that was a sign that your word is bond. After you walk through those pieces, you have to go, go with that promise. And if I didn't keep my end of the bargain, or if you did it and you didn't keep your end of the bargain, it was lawful for you to kill me because I walked through the ceremonial pieces and I didn't uh, keep my promise. So notice what God did with Abram here. God made that promise to Abram. Notice he made him divide those pieces and guess who walked through. Notice verse 17. And it came to pass when the sun went down, it was dark, a smoking furnace, a burning lamp passed through those pieces. 
So guess whose presence made a promise to Abram? God himself. He made a promise to Abram. What I said, I'm going to do. And Abram, verse number six, and he counted it and he believed in the Lord and he counted it unto righteousness. Here's a lesson for us. God is always going to come through on his promise. But we have to understand that in his promises, it may not come in the form that we think it should come. It may not come how we think it should come. It may not come in the time frame we think it should come in. But if God made the promise, it's going to happen. But we have to have enough faith, as Abram did, to believe in God. You see, another study that that we'll study later, if you go to 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 10, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church and he's telling them, look, brethren, you have to learn how to have faith. You have to learn how to believe in God. Don't be like your forefathers. Don't be like the children of Israel who lusted, who murmured, who complained. You see, the reason why they did all those things was because of one word, unbelief. Don't be like your forefathers. And sometimes we're just like the children of Israel. You know, we believe God when things are okay. We believe God when things are going the way that we want things to go. We believe God when when life is great. But when a sign of turmoil comes, when there's a long, long, long period of waiting, when there's times where you just don't understand things, when there's times that you don't agree with how your life is going and you complain to God, that's when you need to have faith. Because those are the moments that define who you are as a Christian. And so Paul was telling the Corinthian church that, and Abraham is telling us this now. God made a promise. He walked through the pieces. And so remember, what was the law? The law was when I walked through those pieces, and if I didn't follow through with that promise, what was legal to do? You could kill me because I didn't go through with what I said. And God was making that exact same promise to Abram. I'm going to walk through those pieces. And I will follow through with what I said. Now it's up to you. Where's your hope at? Where's your trust at? Where's your faith at? Now, keep that in mind. Let's do a quick recap. We have the promise in chapter 12. He's 75 years old. Jump to chapter 15. God makes the promise to him again. And he makes a ceremonial promise. He said, I will say, I will do what I said I'm going to do. Then... If we jump to chapter 16, now Abram's unbelief starts to happen. As we all know, Abram falls into the temptation of Sarai and sleeps with the handmaid Hagar. Now, I want you to notice, if you jump down all the way to verse 15 of chapter 16, notice this. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name which Hagar bare Ishmael. Notice verse 16. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. So, when was the promise made to him originally? When he was 75 years old. And notice, he had his first son, Ishmael, at 86. 
And so from 75 to 86, that's 11 years, no son. Stop right there. If God made that promise to you twice and 11 years passed, you're, you're 75, 76, still nothing, 77, still nothing, 78, still nothing, 79, still nothing, 80, nothing, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, Abram's patience and faith was tested. 11 years, but God, I thought you said, you see, that's what we end up doing, isn't it? You see, we think when God makes a promise that we should get it like that. Or we think when we see other people getting things, having things, life going well for them. Wait, you made a promise to me, but their lives are going well. His life is going well. Her life is going well. Their life is going well. Where's mine? And because I have unbelief in God and because we have unbelief, guess what we do? We get out of that zone of patience and faith. And we do just like what Abram did. We go off and do our own thing. And we try to make things happen. Let me tell you something. If young people are listening. Don't try to make things happen. When you should be waiting on the Lord. That's one of the toughest skills. That you need to learn. As a young person. And I'm talking to myself too. College age you're not exempt from this either. Right? It's tough because you you see especially growing up and you see your life progressing but you want more but then other people's lives are going how you want your life to go and then you get impatient and because you get impatient then you try to make things happen just like Abram did he got out of God's plan you see stay in God's plan that's where faith comes in 11 years of nothing well really 10 years of nothing and that 11th year, I'm going to do what I want to do. God, you took too long. You see, Abram had unbelief. And that's exactly what we have. And so, in chapter 16, Abram was 86 when Hagar bare Ishmael to him. Then, in chapter 17, this is the third time God has to renew his covenant with Abram. Notice verse 1. And when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and multiply thy seed exceedingly. Doesn't that sound like chapter 15? Doesn't that sound like chapter 12? You see, sometimes because of the great father that God is, sometimes he has to reassure us over and over and over and over again because we have times of unbelief just like Abram did here now he's 86 now he's 99 years old more another chunk of years has passed still absolutely nothing then I want you to notice a special phrase here if you jump to chapter 18 here's when the men come to Abram's camp the three, the three angels, and the Lord is, is one of them. Now, I want you to notice chapter 18, verse 11. Now, Abram and Sarah, notice how the Bible says they were old and well stricken in age. And watch, 
at this time now, it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman, meaning her womb physically was dead. When a woman is that old, she only has biologically, a woman has a certain time limit. A woman has a certain amount of eggs that's fertile to allow her to bear children. Now it says after the manner of children here in verse uh, number 11. So that time was well off for Sarah. But notice this verse 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself saying, I'm wax old. Shall I have pleasure in my Lord also? And the Lord said unto Abram, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I have surety to bear a child when I am old? Circle, highlight, do whatever you got to do in chapter 14, in verse 14 of chapter 18. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Stop right there. And that's a question we have to ask ourselves sometimes. Sometimes when you feel like you're by yourself, sometimes when you feel like, um, Things aren't going, things aren't moving, things are the same, things are things are kind of clouded. Um, you don't know where to go, you know where you want to go, but you don't know how to get there. Just certain things happen in your life. You have to realize, and no matter how much time has passed, no matter what you have, no matter what other people have and you don't, you have to ask yourself this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord. You see, here's two main things of why we doubt God. Number one, because of what we talked about earlier, because of unbelief, because we get to a point, we'll wait for God, but then we get to a certain point where we stop believing because we don't see anything. And so we have unbelief. Then the second reason why is because we don't we think the problem is too hard. And so therefore, when you have unbelief and then you think the problem is too hard, guess what two things you're putting above God? Your problem. And you're making the problem and you're making your own personal unbelief bigger than God. And so you do just like Sarah does. Inside of you, you laugh. <laughs> Really? God can really do this for me? No, he can't. Oh, God, God can do this for me? Do you understand what I'm going through? Do you understand the the problem in my life? Do you understand what I have gone through? Do you understand how hard it's going to be moving forward? You see, we make things so tough and we laugh within ourselves, just like Sarah did. I'm, I'm old. I can't, I can't have children. I laugh. And so the angel had to say, is anything too hard for the Lord? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. If we get to a point where we think our problem is too big for God, that's where we're, we're already going down the path of our forefathers. We're already going down the path of the children of Israel. We don't believe. And so therefore, since we don't believe, if you read 1 Corinthians 10, we'll do just like the children of Israel did. We'll start lusting. We'll start murmuring. We'll start complaining. And then we'll start tempting Christ. Just like they did. See, that's what unbelief and that's what unfaith does for the Christian. It weakens us. So is anything too hard for God? No, it's not. 
Even though sometimes things seem so hard, it's not. And we have to have the faith in God that he can deliver us. Now notice this. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I would return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. She will. Now, remember, Abram's 99 years old right now. Now, let's jump all the way to chapter 21. And watch verse, uh, the first couple of verses here. And the Lord visited Sarah, notice, as he had said. Real quick, if you jump back to chapter 18, the end of verse 14 says, And Sarah will have a son, and I will return unto thee. Chapter 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord said unto Sarah as he'd spoken, For Sarah conceived and bare Abram a son in his old age. At the set time, again, what did it say in the previous chapter? I will come at the appointed time. You see how the Bible fits together? It's perfect. And for Sarah conceived and bare Abram a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abram called the name of his son that was born unto him, who Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abram circumcised his son the eighth day as God has commanded him. Watch verse 5. And Abram was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. You see, I think for the Christian, one of the ultimate tests of faith, at least that I'm learning and that I'm reading about here, is waiting. Waiting is a, the, one of the biggest parts of faith, and it is so hard. Notice, God made this promise to Abram all the way back. We're in chapter 21. He made this promise all the way back in chapter 12. Abram 75 you jump from 75 to 100 he had to wait 25 years for that promise 25 years could you have done that could you have waited that long God I thought you said I thought you said this would happen Year after year after year. Nothing, 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 nothing. Waiting is one of the biggest tools of faith for the Christian. And it's one of the hardest things to do. Because you know what waiting does? Waiting. Waiting tests your faith. And waiting tests what your true character is. You see, sometimes when when you see other folks, when you see other people excel, when you see other people, um, when you see their lives going the way you want your life to go, you start getting jealous, you start getting bitter, you start getting envious, you start having unbelief. The next thing you know, you're doing your own thing and you've lost your patience and you lost your faith. But you gotta, you have to wait. And you have to trust. Here's one of the main things about faith and trust, too. Even if things are going great for everybody else, you have to trust in God's plan for you. That's the biggest thing. 
you have to believe that okay that's great and you and rejoice i'm not saying be jealous rejoice with other people when they get the things that they have because you won't want them to rejoice with you so rejoice with them hey you got this great job man i rejoice with you hey you just got engaged man i rejoice with you man you just got this pay raise man i enjoy that with them because that's what we're supposed to do enjoy it but you have to trust in God's plan for you you have to believe okay God has something for me I just have to wait I can't rush this I can't do my own thing I have to have belief I can't be like my forefathers I don't want to be like the treasure of Israel and I have to ask myself this question is anything too hard for the Lord and I think that question is a resounding no. Nothing's too hard for him. And so, really quick before we end, go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Now I want you to see the mind of Abram during those twenty-five years. Yeah, he was human. Yeah, he made the mistake. Yes, really, he sinned. Let's not say mistake. He sinned and he had uh, Ishmael. But I want you to notice his mindset. Romans chapter 8. Actually, not chapter 8. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 4. <clears throat> Romans chapter 4. And remember what the title of this podcast is. Do you have hope? Remember, how long did he have to wait? 75 to 25 years. Now watch chapter 4. And watch, read verse 3 really quick. For what said the scripture? Abraham, notice, does it say he had unbelief in God? What's it say? Take the UN out. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now jump to chapter 8, verse 18. Who against hope? What does that mean? Against my age, against my wife's age, against what I can't see, against these 25 years that I see nothing, against hope. What is the next word? He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Watch verse 19. And being not weak in what? In faith. He considered not his own body, which was dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. What did we read before? Sarah was well, well beyond the manner of woman, of women. Abram was a hundred years old. He was well beyond. But guess who still believed in the impossible? Abraham verse 20 and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief like our forefathers did but instead of being instead of having unbelief notice he was strong in faith giving glory to God in verse 21 and being fully persuaded that what God had promised when he walked through he was able to to perform 
You see, here's the difference between a Christian of faith and a Christian of unfaith. A Christian of unfaith, he's never really fully persuaded that God can do what he said he'd do. He always has some questions in the back of his mind. He always questions God. He always complains. He always goes off and does his own thing and tries to figure things out. That's a Christian of unbelief and unfaith. But a Christian of faith, despite the things happening around you, despite the time frame of how long you waited for this to happen, despite the impossibleness, I know that's not a word, but despite how impossible things look around you, you are you are fully persuaded that what God has promised to the Christian, he is fully able to perform it no matter what. Now, let's re-ask that question. Today, do you have hope? Do you have hope? One more thing about faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. I love how it starts this chapter. If you jump to verse number six, I want you to notice you need this if you want to serve God. But without faith, verse six of chapter 11, it's impossible to please him. So during that long period of waiting, maybe you're still waiting. If you don't have faith, you can't please him. During this long period of impossibleness, during this long period of mundane doing the same things over and over and over and over and over again, and nothing's happening, without faith, you won't be able to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But notice this. Watch how the verse ends. For he that cometh to God must, what's our B word? He must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So here's the thing. As a Christian of faith, you have to get into a certain mode. Where yes, you will rejoice with those around you. Yes, you will rejoice when people get things, when people have things. When when life is going great for others, you, re, you rejoice with them. But despite that, you have to get into a certain mode. Where you have to believe, number one, in God's plan for you. And you have to believe that no matter how hard I'm working, no matter the difficulty of my path, rather than the difficulty of somebody else's. If I keep going, despite what I have or what I don't have, God will reward me. It's going to happen. You have to get into a mindset where no matter what happens or no matter what someone else has or doesn't have, God's going to do something for me. God's going to reward me because I believe that he is God and I believe that he is a rewarder. Hope is not something that you feel. Hope is not something that you have during good times. Hope is another word. For faith. So do you have faith? I hope you enjoyed this lesson today. Uh, you know, this is something that I needed to hear. You know, one older preacher said, you know, something that you need to hear, somebody else probably needs to hear. So I hope you all enjoyed it. 
hopefully, you know, again, I apologize for not uh, not posting the past couple weeks. Things have been so busy um, at the church here, and I hope things are going well with you there. And I hope souls are being saved, and people are learning, and I hope you're learning too. So I hope we continue to grow together, learn together, and continue to uh, be the best Christian examples uh, that we can be in that our faith and our belief in God will continue to grow. Thank you.